Do you know where you're going? If you lead a group of people, whether that's your employees, coworkers, or even your family, do they know where you want to go in life or in your major pursuit right now? If not, you may be missing out on one of the most powerful forces to move your life forward in a big way. So welcome to The Matt Clark Show. This is Matt Clark. In this daily show, I'm sharing with you what I'm doing to grow my businesses that currently have total revenues of over $70 million and what I'm doing to develop as a leader. Thank you for listening. Recently, we put on one of our two-day mastermind meetings for our e-commerce mastermind called The Tycoon Tribe. I invited a friend who sold the majority of his e-commerce business at a $200 million valuation for an insider interview live at the meeting. For an hour, I asked him questions about how he built his business to $67 million in revenue in just a few years and how he sold it for so much money. He gave a ton of value to the group and I really appreciate him coming. And one of those insights that stood out to me was having a big vision for your company. In the past, I could never really wrap my head around creating a vision for your company. I thought, you know, at the time, I tried this over many years, I kept hearing people talking about it, but I was like, what the heck is a vision? I don't really get it. Uh, we just want to build the freaking company bigger. <laughs> we want to do some good things, but we want a bigger company. Um, that's what we're after. More revenue, more profits, more customers, uh, hopefully make a bigger impact. And that was basically it. Yet, despite my stubbornness again and again and again, the people that worked for me seemed to desperately want a clear vision. Uh, they wanted to know where are we going and why are we going there? And Because I think in some level, and I just read this in a book, uh, it was actually Keith Cunningham's uh, the Road Less Stupid, I believe it was in that book, and he was saying that people in general, they want to be successful at their jobs, and so it's going to be hard for them to be successful if they don't know where the whole machine is going. Now, some people just don't care, but a lot of people, I think, at least at first, want to be successful, so letting them know where is this whole thing going is incredibly important, but it just took me forever for this to sink in. So, and I guess in part, I wasn't really clear on the value of having a vision at all. Um, you know, I figured we just wanted to build a build the company while doing some good things. And you know, when talking to employees, we pay you for do the work. We try to treat you well. I mean, what else is needed here? I don't really get it. Uh, however, when I interviewed my friend at our mastermind meeting, it all clicked because at the end of the day, a big vision for the company that's not self-centered, that isn't just about you making money or isn't about the company just achieving some financial targets helps recruit a players who want to be part of something bigger because really good employees they can work almost anywhere because they know how to do a good job they know how to get promoted uh, they probably have a lot of people who already want them to work for them because sometimes it's hard to find these people and they usually already have a good track record they've stuck with companies for a while they've produced good results you want those kind of people on your team i mean when you end up with some of those people working for you or with you, it is so much easier. I mean, it's like that whole saying about, you know, a good software developer versus a mediocre one can be a magnitude of 10 to 100x in terms of what they can produce. And so you having just a handful of those people on your mission with you can mean the difference between you being building a massive company and you building a very mediocre company. So having this clear vision uh, and a big vision specifically that's not self-centered helps you recruit those kind of people also helps you recruit great advisors who want to help you realize 
your mission. So these people that have kind of been there and done that before, they're looking for people that are motivated, that are trying to do big things because they want to, in general, help the world become better also. And so if they feel like you're on that mission and they can just give you some really good advice and they don't have to do any of the work themselves, that's a great trade-off for them. And once you get people on board, it gets those motivated people to work even harder because it's not just about, you know, how do I do the bare minimum so I get paid and keep my job and get my paycheck? It's more about, okay, I still want to make some money, but I'm also working in part to realize this bigger vision, which isn't just about me. And as we talked about in the last episode of this show, having a motivating factor that's not all about you can be one of the most empowerful things. So that's what you're doing for employees also. So my friend, he said that he wanted to build a $100 million business. But the big vision was to build the best business with the best products in his specific category. That was also his vision. It wasn't fake. It wasn't just sort of something nice to say. He wanted to do that. And that was a big vision that he had. Um, And he also wanted to build a $100 million business. But the $100 million business isn't necessarily going to excite anybody other than the person getting money out of that. But the big vision can excite people. And he actually ended up doing this for the period of time. So even though his business was really tiny at the time, he used that big vision to recruit great people from other companies to come work for him. He also used it to get advice from others who'd already built or been involved in building $100 million businesses who like helping other people go for big things also. Now, if his only goal was to build a $100 million business, that's not going to inspire many people. It's not necessarily bad. I mean, making money is fine. You know, what you do with the money, I guess, is what becomes good or bad. Uh, But making the money is fine. It's just 100% self-centered. And so if you want to recruit these great people to work with you or work for you um, or help you or advise you, their response is going to be like, you know, if all you want to do is make a $100 million business, it's going to be, you know, good, fantastic, good for you. How much do I get paid if you get there? (laughs) Because if all we're talking about is money, that's all I care about also. So here's what I think the strategy is, because I'm working on this right now for our companies, which is part of this daily show. You know, I've sold something like over $300 million online or the businesses I've been involved in have, uh, you know, I've helped people sell $10 billion online. So I've done some things in the past, but part of this daily show is what am I doing real time to move my businesses and my, my life and me as a person forward? This is one of those big things. So first, understand As a reminder, that the purpose of a big vision is to recruit the best people to help you on your mission. Um, A big vision gives A players and people who've been there and done what you want to do a reason to want to support you. The support from those superstars helps make your big vision possible. So you set this big vision, it recruits these great people. By recruiting these great people, it makes the big vision possible. So as my friend said, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, it ends up being very cyclical because, you know, these great people want to support you. And so it makes that thing possible to begin with. So it all starts with having this big vision. And then by setting the big vision, recruiting the great people makes the big vision actually possible. It's kind of amazing. Uh, so then think about what is the big thing that you're after in your life or in your business? Why do you want that thing? What do you want to be the best at and why? This is a great place to start for a big vision. Uh, so tactics, step number one set the big vision. It doesn't necessarily have to have a number attached, just something big that can inspire people that's not just all about you or your company. Number two, set a few objectives. So this is a system that I've used in the past and am starting to incorporate again in my own life. And it's very much aligned. If you've heard me talk about goal setting before, I did a whole deep dive on goal setting. If you go to my blog, mattaclark.com, you'll see one of the most recent articles. 
is a real deep dive on goal setting. Um, so that's the best I have to offer on how to set good goals. And this format follows it exactly. It's called Objectives and Key Results or OKRs. It's been very popular in Silicon Valley, companies like Google, Amazon, a lot of the big ones have all used this system. And so once you have a big vision, you can use this Objectives and Key Results or OKR system to make it more tangible. So the first step after how we, like what is the big thing we're after is to set a few objectives. So there's a book that kind of popularized a lot of this and has been passed around and used in Silicon Valley. And he was one of the advisors at Google early on with this system. It's called Measure What Matters is the name of the book. And he basically says this objectives and key results. The general structure is I will blank, which is the objective. I will blank as measured by blank. That second blank is the key result. So I will blank as measured by blank. And so there's a good Atlassian article that um, defines objectives in this system as memorable qualitative descriptions of what you want to achieve. Object objectives should be short, inspirational, and engaging. An objective should motivate and challenge the team. And so the way that I've always seen objectives, because I've been familiar with the system for, I don't know, at least maybe maybe up to 10 years now, is that objectives are kind of that uh, hard to measure thing that you're after. Like, what is it that you want to achieve? Because in most goal setting, there's always a trade-off between like, what is like the emotional kind of less clear thing that you want, but you really want, but then how do you use that without making it so fluffy that you never know if you actually achieve it. Like you need some hard numbers behind this thing. So the OKR system kind of separates those two, which is awesome. So objectives, memorable qualitative descriptions of what you want to achieve, that if you achieve these, those will help you accomplish your big vision. And then the third part of this is your key results. So a recommendation is two to five key results per objective. And so from that same Atlassian article, key results are a set of metrics that measure your progress towards the objective. For each objective, you should have a set of two to five key results, more than that, and nobody will remember them. <laughs> so an example, say your vision is to be the best business in your category. And so let's say your objectives, the kind of qualitative things that you're after, that if you achieve these, these will make you realize your vision of being the best business in your category. So a few objectives could be, first, the biggest business, second, the best product quality, and third, the best customer service. And so some key results in this example, which are leading indicators of your objectives, like say for your objective of being the biggest business, um, you could say, you know, as measured by total revenue, which could be one key result, as measured by the number of retail stores we sell in. So these would be, if you say that like, okay, the biggest business in this space currently does 80 million in revenue, if we want to be the biggest business in the space, then we need to do 100 million in revenue. If the biggest business in the space is in 1,000 retail stores, we need to be in 2,000 retail stores. So you're adding specific targets that let you know if you're making progress towards that objective. In the second objective, having the best product quality, uh, you could say for key results, as measured by the number of Amazon or the measured by the Amazon review ratings, maybe the number and the actual star rating. Uh, also, as measured by the number of top placements on review websites. So, for example, if you Google your category, if there's 10 major review websites out there, what percent or how many of those would make you the best if you were the number one on each one of those sites, say 9 out of 10 or something. Uh, product quality could also be an internal measure, such as net, net promoter score. Uh, say you want to have, you know, sort of a 9 out of 10 net promoter score for all of your products. That is another way to measure your product quality. So to measure if you're achieving that objective, which once again, 
Your key results lead to your objectives, which leads to your big vision. Uh, and then last one, best customer service. One of your key results could be as measured by an average customer response time of less than five minutes. So this system is very similar to the goal setting um, research that I did, the outcomes from that research, in that you have this big thing that you're after, you have some indicators of progress of stuff that's will lead to that big big outcome. And then lastly, you end up with some daily and weekly processes. So the next step after this, like, okay, how, okay, if we want to get to an average customer response time of less than five minutes, which is going to help us have the best customer service, which is one contributor to achieving this vision of having the best business in our category, how are we going to get this customer response time of less than five minutes? So that's where you start the next step. And this would more likely be done by the other people working for you or with you. Their job would be to break it down. Okay, what am I going to do on a daily or weekly basis to make sure this happens? If it's a customer service manager, for example, maybe on a daily basis, twice a day, they're measuring that day's average customer response time overall and per employee so that they can solve issues and sort out problems as quickly as possible. And those problems could be either an underperforming employee, could be something broken in the system, so it could be a new product launch or marketing campaign that's super confusing, and these customer service people don't know how to respond. These are all things that aren't necessarily any one person's fault, but that could be the daily or weekly processes that help create that key result, which helps realize the objective, which helps realize the big vision that you're after. Now, when I've looked at this stuff in the past, because I've done this in my own life for goal setting, but I'm like, ah, you know, this is like so much structure and, and such a pain in the butt to do at a company level. I've started to believe, and this is part of rereading that Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. When a business gets to any size, you have to have this kind of structure in there. It doesn't mean you need 52 layers of approval. I mean, Amazon has become a massive business uh, in part by implementing this structure, but also in part by trying to retain some... Uh, you know, startup-like feel. They try to create small teams within the bigger teams that are somewhat autonomous and that all kind of end up flowing up to the bigger team, which flows up eventually to the CEO, which in the past was Jeff Bezos. Uh, but those teams need to have decision-making authority and autonomy. Uh, that's how to prevent some of the bureaucracy. But overall, like the whole business would have never been built. Any business of any size is never going to be built without some of this structure in place. You just can't manage that many people. And so I think this is almost, I've started to believe, a necessity in businesses of any size. It's not just a nice to have. There ended up just being too many people doing too many things. And if there's no structure to manage all of that, I think that's why a lot of businesses, including ones that I've managed in the past, end up not growing past a certain point. So hopefully you create at least the first part of this, which is a big vision for either the company you're building or the big thing that you want to accomplish in life, because I believe that ends up creating a cascading effect, allows you to recruit better people on your mission to help you realize and make that bigger vision possible. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my show on your favorite podcasting platform or subscribe to my YouTube channel as soon as you hear me stop talking in about 20 seconds. I have a lot more coming for you to help you make more money, build businesses, and live a more fulfilling life. I'll see you tomorrow.